Welcome to the Watering Hole Football Podcast. Alrighty, welcome into another episode of the Watering Hole Football Podcast. This is a show where a couple dudes who love football sit around and talk ball like you would at your local watering hole. I am your host, Dylan Lund, and with me as always is the newly married and senior scouting expert for the Wichita Wild Mongooses, Colton Sorensen. Uh, not anymore. I was actually let go. Unfortunate. All right. So, Dylan, we may have taken a little bit of a break. Yeah, we've been away for a little while. I did a thing. I got married, as you said previously. Your wife picked the worst day? Absolutely. Draft night. But, hey... We made it through. We got it. We're on the other side, and we're ready to get moving. Yeah. We're going to break down the off-seasons and what we think about teams in every division. And we're going to start in the AFC, and we're going to start all the way out west. What do you say we get started? All right, let's do it. I'd like to start with the Denver Broncos. Are you all right with that? Absolutely. Sweet. Let's break down some of their draft picks first, since we haven't really had a draft podcast after the draft. So let's get into, first off, they drafted Pat Sertan second, cornerback from Alabama. I like that pick. I, th- I think they, they really needed him. Like, they needed a corner. I mean, there was a lot of talk about maybe taking a quarterback, and they, I mean, people are going to criticize him for not taking fields there, because... I mean, he was sitting right there. Yeah, I I don't think it would have been. I wouldn't have the, hated it. The end of the world, but I do think they might have their eyes set on someone else. Uh, I don't think they're going to get him. Probably not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the guy we're speaking of, and I don't think Green Bay is going to want to let him go. I don't think they will. I think if anything, if he's not going to play for the Packers, he's just going to retire. Which is unfortunate in the sense that he's one of the greats of our game, but also... And literally just won an MVP. Yeah, like after an MVP season, not playing for the same team, I don't think that's ever happened. Probably not. Uh, well, Jim Plunkett maybe back in the day. Um, yeah, Jim Plunkett might have been the only other one. Dang, I don't, we're, he, we're in not, some weird... He's not going anywhere. No, I like, don't think I, so. But I don't think there's any way that they let him play on another team at all. I don't know if he'll let himself play for that team. So Right. He, he's probably just not going to play. Oops. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I like, Back to Pat Sertan. I like the pick. I mean, they, they, needed, they needed a corner, and they got probably the best one in the draft. So the things that strike, like, stick out to me for Pat Sertan is he's smart. Played in Nick Saban's system. He knows how to adjust schemes. He knows how to game plan. He's ready to take on a full playbook year one. He's a good athlete. Not as good as some of the other guys in the draft, but he has shut down potential. And he should be ready to play year one. So, like, it, it's a good pick. He is worth the ninth pick in the draft. Some people might disagree because he's not 
quite he doesn't have the upside of like a JC Horn or Caleb Farley, but he is just a guy that's going to play for a long time in the NFL. And I feel like they paired him pretty well because when Kyle Fuller got released from the Bears, you know, former defense coordinator for the Bears, now the Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, when their defense was elite, he had Kyle Fuller and was it uh, Amukamara on the other side? Like he had two really good corners. And good in press. Right. Very important. Well, one of them was like an off, kind of like a, yep, like an off coverage kind of corner and the other one was really good at press so now he's got his combination again and i think just they still got justin simmons sitting at safety great player i mean he they still you know they still got bradley chubb they still got von miller i mean i i think i think fangio could have his chicago bears defense back and there's another guy we'll talk about in a couple couple minutes here that I think will really be a game changer for them and I don't think a lot of people are quite talking about it but we'll we'll follow the board down I want to talk a little bit about Javante Williams they traded up to get him in the second round he's big powerful takes on goal goal line carries right away I think and he's just a good like uh, what do you say? Not comparable, but uh, he's a good pairing with Melvin Gordon. See, I I kind of have a little bit of a different opinion because I I feel like they're very similar. Kind of. Because like Melvin Gordon is also very good around the goal line. He's a big power speed. Like he's Melvin Gordon is a a very very good running back that does everything very well. I think one of the big things last year was they had two running backs that were almost too different, and that's why Philip Lindsay wasn't as successful, and now they have a backup who can do the same things. They don't have to change their running game to fit who's the running back in the backfield. I I just feel like it wasn't really that big of a need for them. I no. mean, they so they signed Mike Boone, former Viking. I mean, he's just kind of a guy. He can run the ball. He runs hard. But then they still have Royce Freeman too, who was supposed to be, you know, another one of like those guys in the backfield that could, like, when he came out and when he was drafted, like, people were talking that he could take over the backfield, and now he's just kind of. I I was one like, of them. I really liked Royce Freeman coming out of Oregon. Yeah, but I don't know. He just he doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't read defenses very well. I think this is just. It's kind of like the. Vikings drafting Madison or the Saints always having a good yeah, backup but, running back. It's just a traded, guy that's ready. But they traded up yep. in the in the very top half of the second round to get him. Like I don't I don't know. I don't feel like that one was necessarily worth it for like a a depth guy. Not like I, I don't know if you also have to look at it. Melvin Gordon is only under a one year contract. So Melvin Gordon's not gonna be back next year. They're not gonna pay him what he wants. So this is a guy that can sit and replace him next year, but be a good backup this year. I suppose that's fair. Um, then they have a guy that I guess his nickname is the gut in Quinn Miners. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly. I think that's how you pronounce it. 
uh, guard from Wisconsin Whitewater, fun. He just seems like a great personality. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of upside. I think he's very, very strong, very quick and powerful and should be a good player. I think it just might because he's coming from a smaller school. Uh, he's coming from Wisconsin Whitewater. It might just take him a little bit of time to really get used to the the power and the speed of the guys around him. But he should be... I don't know. I've heard him talked about as a very good player. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people were surprised he didn't go a little earlier. And I, I feel like when they took him, it was more kind of like a... Like, offensive line is... They're hard to come by to get good ones. So I felt like the value was just... The value was too good not to take him, even though they had a pretty solid offensive line. Like, they still do. Like, their their line is... You know, I'd say probably average, and that's all you can really ask to be. Like, just have your line be average. Yeah, and I think they're they're very fairly well set up to do what they want to do. Like, their guys all fit the system of uh, go get the guy in front of you and push him down the field. And I think Quinn Miners fits that, so it's not like they were taking a guy out of scheme. Um, it's just, it's a good pick. It's one of those picks that, might not get the attention of all the other picks, but it's a it's a very solid pick and I, it's very worth it. And now we're moving on to the other defensive player that I think needs to get a little bit more attention that not a lot of people are talking about, and that's Baron Browning, the linebacker from Ohio State. The Broncos have a problem at linebacker in which they have Josie Jewell who's really good at stopping the run, but very bad in coverage. Just cannot cover people. And Baron Browning is a guy that will come in and fill both of those roles and replace Josie Jewell and really take away the middle of the field. I mean, Josie Jewell, he was just kind of... He was a guy. A lot of tackles. Very good fitting in on run plays. So he's Blake Martinez. He is Blake Martinez, yes. It's very, very similar where there's value there, but only sometimes. Right. So they also got a variety of other defensive players, like safety Caden Stearns from Texas. Very good player. I'm I'm a really big uh, fan of his. He flies around. I love watching him play. He covers so much space on the field. Um, he can play both safety spots. I think he'll be more than likely a backup at first. And they got Jamar Johnson, who I'm torn on this guy because he's really good in coverage, but, man, he does not tackle. Yeah, that was the one thing about him that that, that was probably the reason that he slid as far as he did because his tackling is not, is not good at all. And I think he'll be he'll be kind of that uh, the free safety behind Justin Simmons. Yeah, he'll be that guy that's ready to cover deep down the field, and that you get him as a solid backup in that position. You get Seth Williams, wide receiver from Auburn, big target, uh, red zone guy, good hands. Not gonna separate crazy. He's kind of like a discount T Higgins. Um, you get Kerry Vincent Jr., a cornerback out of LSU, very fast, 
He shows flashes of being able to shut guys down, but he's not very consistent. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, defensive end slash edge player from Ohio State, he is the epitome of average. He is a guy that I can see playing for the next 12 years, never being a high-level starter. Just kind of being a rotational guy. Always being a guy that makes plays. Not spectacular plays, doesn't make bad plays. He He just just does what you ask him to do. He just kind of does his job. He, yep, it's kind of he's in the right gap for his run fit, or you know, yeah, it's he he's ready to do it's he is JJ Watt without all the special things about JJ Watt, just a smart guy that's in the right place but can't dominate. And then you have, they drafted Marquise Spencer. He's a defensive end from Mississippi State. I did not know who this was before I came and looked at the draft for the Broncos. And I watched some tape. He's six foot four, 301 pounds. He's going to be a five tech, which is like the uh, on the line of scrimmage defensive end in a three four scheme. He's going to be that more run stopping interior pass rush. Um, I, I think they may have found the steal of the draft, but they have to make sure he actually tries to play because he kind of has, he has a tendency to just kind of give up as soon as he, the ball is snapped sometimes. And it's, it doesn't look good. Hey man, sometimes he gets tired. <laughs> he does. I think he reminds me a lot of Christian Barmore, a guy that went way higher than him, where when you see flashes, you see a dominant human being. Like, this guy explodes off the ball. He is fairly fast, ran like a four eight six for a guy that's 300 pounds. Not very strong. Didn't only put up 12 reps in the bench press. That's not a lot. That's a little concerning. For, for, for a defensive lineman... That's a little concerning to me. I, yeah. But I guess he was like, what, a seventh rounder? He is a seventh rounder. So, like, there's probably the red flags that the teams also saw. But when I was watching him, he reminded me of Cam Hayward and Jarrell Casey on the good plays. Like, he was that dominant, a guy that could be a pro bowler on half the plays that he plays in. And, <laughs> like, and the plays where he doesn't try, he's barely even a football player. Yeah, he doesn't belong on the field. Like, he's a water boy that just happened to be out there when the play started, and he just kind of stands there. And I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out, but it's a gem, I think, hopefully, as long as they they get get him him to work hard. Get him into the weight room. Get him a little stronger. That's right. Because these are are the big boys in the NFL. These are the type of players that down the road – you might never have heard their name other than listening to us on the podcast, break him down once, and then you never hear of him again. Or he might be the guy that everybody's like, oh, this was a steal. I don't know how everybody missed him. Yeah, the the three, like the three-year update from like the draft class. And this dude is like, you know, one of the best five techs in the league. Right. It's, I, I don't know. I really liked his tape, so interesting guy yeah i mean overall like i i feel pretty good like i feel pretty good about this roster 
Yeah. Like, I think if you can figure out how to get Drulok to make more of the incredible plays than the what the fuck are you doing plays. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. And I, I think if you can get him to cut down on that somehow, I don't know, and just, you know, play play smarter football. Because that's what he needs to do. He needs to play smarter football. But they got, like, I mean, their skill positions are very, very good. You still got Melvin Gordon. You just drafted Javante Williams. Cortland Sutton's coming back. I'm a huge fan of Cortland Sutton. He is a dominant outside receiver. Like, he is just absolutely dominant. They still got Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick is your third wide receiver with KJ Hamler as, like, your gadget guy. Oh, and then you still got Noah Fant, who's massive and just an insane athlete with an at least average offensive line. Don't forget Albert. Albert O, yeah. Albert Aquabunam. I'm not going to try it. Nailed it. Albert O. But, I mean, this should be, if they can, like, get it together. I mean, this is one of the best offensive rosters probably in the league. Like And, I, I don't, and I that's mean, why I think the argument is there for why didn't you take the quarterback that was sitting there? Because right. you're just missing the quarterback at right. this point. So. But, I mean, they did, I mean, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. So, like, if Drew Locke is just a dumpster fire, you can get your baseline fucking Andy Dalton like you know Teddy Bridgewater in there to be average you're gonna get your 235 yards two touchdowns and a pick every game that Teddy's in there which in some cases that's much better than Drew Locke absolutely so I, I don't know this team is strange do you have like any offensive numbers on them where they ranked last year for offense uh yeah so the well, they they didn't have a very good offense or defense last year. They were a really bad team last year. Yes. So they were the twenty third ranked total offense. Okay. That's not very good. They should be better. Than they that. should be better. They'll get Cortland Sutton back. He had the ACL. It's you know, but then on their defense, they were the twenty first ranked defense. Also not good, and I think. Their defense should be better than that as well. Yeah, probably. They had the injuries to uh, Von Miller last year. They I think had Bradley Chubb was out for a while too. Some rough cornerback play. Yeah, just all around not great play. And I think if I don't know, that's not a Vic Fangio defense. No, and and he did kind of reload his defense. I mean, they signed Ronald Darby, they signed Kyle Fuller. You know, I'm sure Fangio loves that. They. Uh, you know, when we talked about it, they drafted Pat Sertan. Didn't they reset the defensive line, too? Um, so their starting line would be Draymond Jones, uh, Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris, who... I, Shelby Harris is a good player. I like Mike Purcell and Shelby Harris. I think they're very good players. Like, I'm not very versed in the, you know, the nitty-gritty players of the Denver Broncos, so I don't know a lot of these guys. But, I mean, they still got Bradley Chubb. They still got Von Miller. Um, their linebacking core, I think, is probably the weakest spot. I mean, it's yep. easily the weakest spot. Yep. I think that's why Baron Browning, I think he'll kind of, he might be one of those guys that shocks people and could possibly be 
a Roquan Smith type player and be competing for defensive rookie of the year. Really? Possible bold prediction coming later. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, he's a guy that I think will immensely help the team on defense. And I don't think you should expect Denver to be a top 10 defense by any means. No, probably not. But, but they're, they're not going to be a bottom of the league defense anymore. They should be at least average now. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is like with how bad their defense was and their offense, they had the worst turnover margin in the league. They were a negative 16 in turnovers. That's they, terrible. They did have a wide receiver play quarterback for a game. Though. They, they did do that one game, but he did not throw all of those interceptions. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in the Broncos. Like, I think, um, like, there's only really one team in this division that isn't very interesting. And with the Broncos, I think they're one of the most interesting. Yeah, I I would say it's it's them and the Chargers for me that yeah. are really piquing my interest this year. You know what you're going to get from the Chiefs. Right, that's just kind of a and you know they're going to be good, you know. It's just, and you know that the Las Vegas Raiders, I got it once. You did. Okay. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to give you a very fast starting first half of the season and then absolutely nothing at the end of the year. Yeah, they'll hit their bye week on a high note and lose out. That's kind of their that's kind of their MO. Two years in a row. Yep. That that becomes a trend. But we'll we'll get there a little bit later. So the next team we're gonna talk about is the uh the Kansas City Chiefs. This one's pretty easy. Um they they only have six drafted players. I think it was a fairly solid draft for them for what they need. They drafted a guy, Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. He is a run stuffer. For, when I was watching the draft, the highlights they showed, he hits people. They they should call him Thumper. Like, yeah. like the bunny from Bambi. That's that's who this dude is. Um he I think they drafted him specifically to combat you now have Melvin Gordon, yep. Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs. You have big backs that you got to stop in this division. I think they got him specifically for that because they don't have another guy on the roster like that. Um, He's not necessarily like great in pass coverage, but I think you have guys like Tyron Matthew who play enough in that midfield area that that might not be his role. So I, I think it was a good pick. I, I really like the pick of Nick Bolton. Uh, they also got a center, Creed Humphrey. That was a great pick. I Such a good pick. I'm a big fan of Creed Humphrey. He has a wrestling background, which you hear a lot for linemen. And it's very underrated. They know how to use their hands. They know how to position their body. Leverage. And he is so consistent. Very consistent. The only problem he has is he snaps left-handed. And some people don't like that. That's kind of the only thing I've heard about him. He'll change for Mahomes because... I don't think he'll need to. It's Mahomes. I don't, I don't think he'll need to. 
Um, another guy that I've mentioned before on the podcast that they drafted in the fourth round, uh, Joshua Kando. Not a guy that had a lot of production. He's a defensive end from Florida State. Sorry, brain fart. Um, doesn't have a lot of production. Had the worst coaching in all of NCAA. Well, that's the entire Florida State team. Yeah, just bad. Just That whole team is a dumpster fire. They should burn down that coaching staff. <laughs> Not the people, just like the structure of having a coaching staff and just let these superstar athletes go out and play football. I think they'd be better for it. Yeah, probably. Um, he He is a physical freak, former five-star. I think he was like the number seven player in the recruiting class. Uh, freak of nature athlete. Long arms, long body, has the weight to play this position. He just needs to learn how to play the position because nobody ever taught him how. They have also in the fifth round, they got a tight end, Noah Gray. I'm going to be honest. I watched some tape on him. He just kind of looks like a tight end to me. Yep. Nothing stuck out. A guy that kind of blocks a little, kind of catches a little. He just seems like a he's ready to play tight end two in that team and right. be fine at it. Uh, they got a wide receiver, Cornell Powell, from Clemson in the fifth round as well. He's a bigger guy. Um, he's really good at the catch point. He'll just be a rotational guy. One of those guys, kind of like your Sammy Watkins, um, Connolly when he was there, just yep. just kind of guys that rotate in and out and make plays that you need. Pat Mahomes needs 80 wide receivers, and damn it, he's going to get 80 wide receivers. And then one of my favorite picks for them is in the sixth round, they got Trey Smith. He's listed as a guard. I think he has guard tackle versatility. He he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. I think he might have been the number one player in the entire recruiting class. Really? He's been injured every year of his career. There's not been a single year where he's played all the way through. Um, he's not flexible. He's really tall. But when you want to run the ball, there is no one that will stop him. He is prepared to dominate everybody in his path. I I like that pick. They need offensive linemen and they got a good one in the sec, in the 6th round. So I mean, the Super Bowl showed that without a line, even with Pat Mahomes throwing perfect passes while getting tackled and diving and completely sideways, the greatest play that will never be. Yeah, that was the greatest throw of all time. Yep. But I mean, they even without these great draft like Creed Humphrey was a great pick. Great pick. I mean, they reloaded already. Yep. So they they got Mike Remmers, another former Viking. He's fine. He will be the backup if they know what's good for them. Like he he's there. I mean, this this is their on their depth chart right now. So obviously you still got training camp. You still got everything that could change. But they're getting their right guard back. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the doctor, who opted out last year for COVID. He was a solid player two years ago. I think we'll have to see like what he looks like coming into training camp. I mean, I feel like the, he's probably fine. 
Should be. Should I, be. I don't see any problem with him as a player. Uh, Austin Blythe is their center. I think he was their center last year. He should be good. And then their big, two big splash moves is they traded for Orlando Brown. Solid. Which trading the, the 31st overall pick, I think, in some change for one of the best, one of the better left tackles in the league. I feel like that's a win. And then I, they also signed... I would, I would draft him with 31, 31st pick. Absolutely. I mean, and then they also signed Joe Tooney. So, you know, everybody was terrified when they released Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. They're like, well, who are they going to have play the line? And literally a month later, they have one of the better looking lines in the league again. So like, don't forget about the long brother. They also draft or they also brought out of retirement. The one long brother. Yeah. Kyle long, Kyle long. Yep. So I think they have versus who's there. They have an, they should have another right tackle on their roster. Uh, Lucas Niang, Lucas, Lucas Niang. He's a guy that I, I think if they think about it, they should really give him every opportunity to lose that position. I know I've heard that name. He's tall, long, athletic. He was a rookie last year. I think you throw him into the fire in the preseason and just hope for the best. So this is another name that I remember, but I haven't heard it in a very long time. Prince Tega Winogo. Also a rookie last year. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah, he I had, could have swore he played like 10 years ago. No, he had an injury last year. You probably were hearing a first-round buzz at the beginning of last year's combine really? and stuff. And then it came out in the medicals that he had like a a pre-existing condition, and he dropped all the way down to like the fourth or fifth round. And he was supposed to be like a first or second rounder. I could have sworn that was a dude that I heard of like 10 years ago. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it was last year. I... I was scouting him last year, I think. But yeah, I, the Chiefs are going to be good. They have the best quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. Yeah, he was a sixth-round pick Yeah, in 2020. They have a good offensive line now. They still have a bunch of weapons on the outside. They have the best tight end in the game. Well, second-best tight end in the game. It's debatable. What it it depends on what you want your tight end to do. I want I want George Kittle because he's fun. George Kittle is really fun. Um, they have a defense that's not terrible, not great. I mean, they were they were literally middle of the road defensively last year. They were 16th, and that is plenty. That is plenty for their offense. Right. I mean, we assume like they were first in offense last year. We assume they're going to be top three, top five, whatever you want to say. If they're not, it is going to be a yard sale on their team next year if they're not top five in offense. I think the only way that happens is if a bunch of injuries happen. Well, if their line ends up being garbage. I mean, I I even think like... It shouldn't be, but... I think they... If they lose Kelsey, I think that's like the one piece that they couldn't replace. You don't think Noah Gray Noah Gray's going to be that guy? They also got Blake Bell behind Kelsey, and no, none of them can be Kelsey. No, yeah, that's right. So I think that's the one piece that makes them tick. Like, if they lose him, that's that's the only way that they're not going to be top three-ish. Yeah. Uh, 
I could see them trading for a guy like Zach Ertz if that happens. Yeah. That would be an interesting scenario. Um, Same kind of guy, fine space. Yeah, fun fun offense for Zach Ertz to go to. Yeah. Well, should we move on to another interesting team and not the boring old Chiefs that are obviously going to be the playoff team out of this group? Right, probably, <laughs> you know, Super Bowl... Super Bowl bound again, but let's talk about the Chargers. I like the Chargers. My second favorite team. I'm definitely getting one of those sick jerseys this year. The the dark blue one. Dark blue one. The dark blue is good. I love those jerseys. Well, they started off the draft with solid pick of getting the second best offensive lineman on the board in Rashawn Slater. Can't say anything bad about him. Should be a day one starter and they improve that. that offensive line. I think he can play probably all five positions on the line and be fine. Um, in the second round, they got Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State. He was possibly the only Florida State player that seemed to outplay his coaching. So I don't know if that says something about him, but I think he's really good. He's very smart knows where he has to be. He plays, he may end up playing like a hybrid role the first year. He might be listed as like a safety or a nickel or something like that, but he will have an impact year one. Think maybe in like the Antoine Winfield jr. Role where he's just kind of playing all over the field, not doing just one thing. They got a wide receiver, Josh Palmer. I have no idea where he's from. Hold on. Give me a second. So Josh Palmer from Tennessee, that's it. Okay. He's like a six foot one, two ten. He cannot play against press coverage. Like there's just he can't do it. Once he gets past press coverage, like if they don't press him at the line of scrimmage, really good downfield. He can really carry the ball. Like he he tracks the ball really well. He Provides a little bit after the catch. Fun guy, just can't get off press coverage. Think this might have been a little bit of an overdraft here. But, I mean, like, if they've still got a lot of weapons, though. Like, this team is loaded. Like, it's it's still loaded with skill. I mean, you still got Mike Williams there. you still got Keenan Allen. Jalen Guyton had a really good year last year. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Guyton. Yeah? Yeah. Kind of similar. I think Jalen Guyton is a little bit faster. Uh, Josh Palmer is not going to be quite as fast, but he's got maybe the bigger frame to play that a little bit better. So, uh, Also in the third round, they got a tight end, Trey McKitty, out of Georgia, who he's he should be a good football player. Maybe not a good tight end. Maybe not right away. He needs a lot of work. He's never been utilized. But he's he's got the skills to be a top-five tight end in the NFL. He's got the athleticism to be a top-five tight end in the NFL. He's just never been used. It might be a George Kittle situation where once he finally gets playing time and gets to see the field, everybody looks at him and goes, holy shit, this guy is dominant. Why didn't we think of this using this guy before? Or also he could be just another guy... Like, think, uh, 
the Michael Pruitt from Minnesota, super athlete. Uh, he was supposed to be the next great wide receiver, receiving tight end, and then he just disappeared because he didn't know how to play football. Well, I mean, he might he might get a decent amount of opportunity because they did. So uh, Hunter Henry left in free agency. Yep. But they did sign Jared Cook, who's like 100 years old. Cook should be their starter guy. Yeah. Um, you can learn a lot from a guy like Cook. Right. But I'm saying, like, maybe, you know, they limit Cook with, you know, his his snaps and everything, and this guy gets a little, little more playing time than, you know, he normally would. I hope so. I like Trey McKitty. From what I watched, he's... He works hard. He's just never seen the light of day on a college offense. So, um, a couple more guys they got here: uh, Chris Rumpf, the second, an edge player from Duke. He's kind of undersized, like very undersized. I think he probably played at like two twenty, and he's gonna be a hand in the dirt or rushing off the edge player. He does not cover at all. And I don't know, he, he put on a bunch of weight for the pro day and his testing numbers were terrible. And I think he came in at like 233. So putting on 13 pounds and not running well, it does not bode well. That's not good. They got Brendan Jameis. I don't know how you say his name. It's J-A-I-M-E-S. And I don't think it's James. So, Himes, maybe? He's a offensive tackle from Nebraska. I watched him. He's good at zone blocking. Not a great anchor in the pass pro. He gets pushed around a little bit. Uh, in the sixth round, they got a middle linebacker, Nick Nyman from Iowa. Just an Iowa linebacker. He's where he needs to be. Good enough athlete. Will be great on special teams. Solid so, pick. So with Josie Jewell, that's not playing on. That's like, right. Full time defense. Yep. You like Josie Jewell has value if you play him situationally, and I think Nick Neiman will be the same thing. Uh, in the sixth round, they also drafted Larry Roundtree the third, a running back from Missouri. He's very patient runner, good vision. He's got power in the hole. Not spectacular speed, not spectacular at catching the football. He's a sixth round running back. Yeah, he's just a guy. And then also they drafted Mark Webb from Georgia. He's a safety. He's a willing tackler. Good size. He doesn't tackle well, but he's willing to tackle. And he's average in coverage. He just seems like a size and athlete kind of guy. So he's kind of a depth guy. Yeah, they were kind of taking shots in the end there. Right. So I don't know. All in all, they got what they needed out of this draft, I feel like. Because their their roster is set up. Like they have talent all around this roster. There's talent everywhere. I I, I really like this roster. I I just think they coaching was the big thing last year. And it wasn't necessarily that, like, it, it wasn't like the coaching, like, you know, the, the defensive coaching or the offensive coaching. It was the 
in-game situation coaching. Yeah. Like, that was the thing that held this team back. They didn't know how to decide what to do. Anthony Lynn didn't know. You can you hey, can say it. I like Anthony Lynn. I mean, I do too. He's a great offensive coordinator. He seems like a dude that would be fun to hang out with. I was really disappointed that the Vikings didn't didn't go after him for offense. But that's hey, neither we, here nor there. We got the son of the guy that we had. That's fine. But, I mean, the the last year the Chargers were... The Chargers were the only team in that division to have a top 10 both offense and defense. They were ninth in offense and 10th in defense. They were solid. They were good. This has flashes of, do you remember the year where they were the number one offense in the league, the number one defense in the league? And they missed the playoffs. And they missed the playoffs. I, I think this is the most cursed team in the league. Like, say what you want about the Lions, even the Vikings. Like, all that, like... This is the cursed team. Yeah. Yeah, but man, their fans love them. All 65 of them love this team. (laughs) But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm excited to see, to kind of see how they, how they fit everything together. And with the new head coach coming in, uh, I don't remember the first name, but Staley. What's his first name? Deuce? No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember his oh name my God, either. Brandon. Brandon. Brandon yeah, Brandon Staley. He was the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Yep. And with all the talent on defense that the Rams have, the Chargers aren't far behind. No, I don't think so. So I want to see what he can do with that defense. I think the Chargers are more exciting than the Rams. Yeah. And they have they should be getting back the best defensive player that they have yeah, that, in Derwin James. That's the one thing. Like, I just, I want one season. Just give me a season where Derwin James is healthy for every single game. Ask for two and you might get one. Like, just give me a season. Ask for two and you might get one. <laughs> I don't, I think if you ask for one, you're going to get half of one. Because I, I, I think that's, I mean, injuries, That's that's been the last couple of years. Is like, they just, Injuries and not playing up to expectation. Just, yeah. just in general, not finishing games, not doing the right thing well, I mean the, the all end, the time. The end of game, end of half situations. I mean that's that's Anthony Anthony Lynn. Like that's and some, he was bad at it. And some big interceptions and some fumbles and yep. just it was once they got to game tying or game winning situations they just shit the bed all around and it was bad or with the with multiple times where they just fell short yep you know so i i mean i'm i'm excited about this team i like the chargers the uniforms are sick definitely buying a jersey this year um let's move on to the raiders they're the most boring team in this division. Sorry, Raiders fans, if you're out there. I just Oh, and there's plenty of Raiders there's fans. There's plenty out there. of Raiders fans. I don't know if they listen, but if you do, I'm sorry. Your team is just not fun. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> I mean I I like your first pick. Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman from Alabama. He's gonna be fine. He's has a very high ceiling comparatively 
but a very low or a very low ceiling comparatively but a good floor he should be fine at the very least he will not be great and i feel like that is a very raiders pick to do just get the guy that's almost guaranteed to be good enough well i don't think that's really a raiders thing the raiders are more like we have our guy and i don't care where we're picking we're just gonna pick our guy where we pick and that's where they just happen to be so that's who they picked but i mean it the thing is, everybody's saying, like, if you just flip-flop their first-round pick and their second-round pick with where they took them, people are much more okay with that. But... And that that was more the consensus of how they... I have also heard that I don't think Alex Leatherwood would have been there in the second round. From what I heard is that was the Ravens pick. Alex Leatherwood was going to go to the Ravens if the Raiders did not draft him. So, I think if they wanted him, they had to get him here. So, but their second round pick, speaking of that, is Trayvon Merrig, safety from TCU. Incredibly good in coverage. Fits perfectly opposite of Jonathan Abram, the guy that only does hitting. It's a good pick. That's all he does is hit. He hits hard. He hits really hard. But but that's about what he does. Yeah, and he talks a lot of shit. Yeah. He hits hard and talks a lot of shit. Hey, remember that time he knocked himself out? Was he talking shit then? No, I think he was sleeping. Oh, okay. He was sleeping. He yeah. didn't he didn't get up and taunt the the TV TV cart? Uh no, he did walk off though. Okay. Like so he he didn't die. He just put himself to sleep for a little bit. Yeah, Raiders fans are going to hate us <laughs> for just shitting on their team. I don't hate the Raiders in general. It's just so... I hate watching Raiders games. There's nothing exciting about them. No, Derek Carr is boring. Like Josh, Derek, Josh Derek, Jacobs, I love the player. I'm an Alabama fan. He's boring. Uh, Darren Waller, he just catches stuff. It's boring. Their defense is just terrible. Okay, before, it's boring. Before, before we get into all that, let's 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 finish up the picks and then we can go with our. Uh... Well, I, I wanted to get that out before I completely shit on the Raiders because <laughs> this next pick might be the worst pick in the entire NFL draft. I disagree. The, Malcolm Koontz, drafted in the third round, I believe he should have been an undrafted player in this draft. When I watched him play at Buffalo, he's an edge, by the way. He's six foot two, two hundred and forty nine pounds, small, doesn't have arm length, doesn't have explosiveness, doesn't have strength. He he doesn't even like dominate with a single move. He just runs straight up the field, and if the quarterback happens to fall in his lap, then he tackles him. That is all that I have seen this guy do, and I watched six games of him play. I did not see a single game where I went, that is a draftable player in the NFL. <laughs> did he try moves? No. Nope. Like, did he try? Just ran straight up the field. Sometimes they put him on like an inside move and try to run up the field, and if it was wide open, he was fast enough and athletic enough against the players that Buffalo plays against. Right to make it there, but like he wasn't, he didn't show any dominant traits. He overextended on every single play I watched. And sometimes he just got lucky. I, I, 
I didn't like him at all. I don't think he should have been drafted in the NFL. I probably will come to regret that because the Raiders will get just enough out of him for him to be to make him viable enough. Fine, right? But I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know why they drafted him. They do have a good player and a better player in the next two picks with Divine Diablo. He's a safety, big dude, runs fast, really good at stopping the run. I think he will be switched to an uh, like a sub linebacker. He will play the the roaming run stopper on third down plays so that nobody runs the ball because he's big enough to stop the run, but he's also good enough in coverage. Can he can he cover he tight will, ends? Yes. He's a tight end coverer. Can he cover Travis Kelsey? He will be the guy that covers Travis Kelsey on this team. Mark my words, 100%, he will be the Can pick. he cover Noah Fan? No, he cannot. Okay. He can't cover Travis Kelsey either. I just want to put that out there. He'll just be the guy to try to do it. He will be the guy that they put in just charge of big doing enough. it. He's okay. big enough. He's fast enough. He, I think he's better at coverage than like Jonathan Abram, who's the other choice to put on tight ends. Right. But he's not good at anything except hitting, so you don't want to do that. Here is one of my favorite picks in the draft, which follows one of my least favorite picks in that entire NFL draft. And it's Tyree Gillespie. He is my guy. I love him. I wanted the Vikings to draft him. I wanted any exciting team to draft him because I think he will be a really good player. And he went to the Raiders after they already drafted two safeties. Yes. This tells me that they are done with Jonathan Abram. And the thing is, Tyree Gillespie is Jonathan Abram. He crushes people. He lights people up in the hole. But he doesn't make the big mistakes. He also covers people. Right. He also plays coverage. He doesn't just hit people. He's just a good safety with run-stopping ability and I think a very high ceiling at coverage. He shut down Alabama wide receivers on multiple plays. That's pretty good. And I think didn't wasn't he like one of the only ones to actually be able to cover Kyle Pitts? Yeah, but I mean the game didn't end well for him, but he did shut him down for most of the game. I think he was catchless through the f- second quarter in that game, I believe. And then it ended up getting kind of ridiculous cuz you know Kyle Pitts, but But yeah. Um, They also drafted Nate Hobbs, a center. He's a good depth guy. Corner, sorry. I was going to say, I just... (laughs) It is, he is a corner. I I said that wrong. He's a good athlete. He's a depth guy. I think he'll make the roster as like a special teams guy. He's pretty good at returning the football. I, I actually liked watching him return the football when I was watching tape. And then we come to the center, who I mislabeled in my notes, uh, Jimmy Morrissey. He's a good fit for the power running. I don't know. I think he could be a starter fairly soon, actually. Can he play guard? Possibly. Because I think they might need a guard. Their starting right guard is Denzel Good. I have never heard of him. He should be good. (laughs) (laughs) Had to do it. I had to. 
that was the big thing. That was the big thing coming coming into the the draft and this off season. Like, well, going through the off season is the Raiders just dumped their entire offensive line. They said, "Hey, look at all of our good players. Fuck them." Yeah, like Colton Miller, really good player. Fuck him. He's he's good. Well, he's there. He's still there. Oh, okay. But fuck him. <laughs> the right side of their line is Colton Miller, and they still have Richie Incognito. All right. Now I'm gonna. I'm going to say this, and I mean it this time. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Okay. But I mean... Great player. He's... He's good player. Fine. Whatever. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of guys on this line that I've never really heard of. Let's hear some names. So, from, uh, from left to right, there's starting... In their depth chart right now, their starting line is Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Andre James, Denzel Good, and Alex Leatherwood. I know all of those names, but three of them I can understand people not knowing. Right. And then, so they got one backup left tackle, Brandon Parker. I actually like Brandon Parker. Okay. He's an interesting guy that he's really good at pass coverage. He just doesn't really run block very well. And that's not going to work in a Gruden system who yeah. probably wants to run the ball 85% of the time. If they can get him to just run straight, he should be serviceable. Uh, behind Richie Incognito, they got John Simpson and Markel Harrell. I'm, I don't know either of those guys. Yeah. I know a lot of players. Like I'm very good at remembering players and i've watched plenty of film on people i don't know who those guys are i mean so oh john simpson played for the bills for a couple years okay that's it is he any good uh, he's i think he started a couple games for them okay that's something i remembered that uh backup centers they got nick martin the guy they then the, the guy they just drafted jim morrissey and eric magnuson nope they're Backup right guard right now is Lester Cotton Sr. Nope. Uh, backup right tackles are Jared Jones-Smith and Kamal Seymour. I've heard of Seymour. Okay. Yeah, so, like, they, they have no depth. Like, I guess without really knowing who these players are, it's probably... There's a pretty good chance that they have no depth. Well, it's it's probably a little unfair to totally shit on them but like i don't at know the, at i the feel same like time i feel like we're doing really good at shitting on the raiders today so like again we, we might as well go full bore on this one sorry raiders fans yeah we're gonna get shit on but that's all right please send your hate i want to read it we're we're gonna probably pick a team from every division that and we just, just kind of shit on them. we just happen to shit on them it's not intentional we love all football teams here but we're going to shit on a team every now and again. But I mean, looking at the rest of the division, Kansas City, obviously they're fucking Super Bowl favorites. You got Denver, who's very interesting if they get their quarterback situation right. You got the Chargers, who could be the best team in the division. Like, there are so many more, like, and more then, fun teams. And then you have the Raiders, who are just there. The most interesting thing about the Raiders team is that John Gruden has a fun personality. Sure. And Marcus Mariota could at any time take over the starting quarterback Absolutely. position. That's it. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I know I keep saying it, but, like, they're just not interesting. It, it's okay. They're probably going to be 
about a 500 team. Yeah, if you if they could go eight and eight, they would go eight and eight this year. They're gonna go eight eight and one because sure, keep it. We'll go keep it symmetrical. I like five hundred percent. So hey, so hey, now that we got through everybody, let let's go back and predict what we think their wins and losses will be this year. Wins and losses. Yeah. Oofta. I think this might be interesting. You know so. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna write these down. I, w- I think what we're gonna do is for every for every division we're gonna go through and we're gonna you know just make our predictions. I feel like we could do this a better way better way where we would actually go through and you know write down everything who's gonna win each game because the schedule came out so we have the schedule. Yeah, but we're not going to be that professional about it. No, we're just going to pick some numbers and these go numbers from there. may not add up in the end. Like we may have thirty more wins than losses by the end of this. It is possible in a season, but that's fine. I don't give a shit. It's fun. Adam Rank does the same goddamn thing every fucking year. Nah, he does it game by game, but he gets it all wrong. So right, like he'll have Adam. If you're listening to this, get your shit together. I was going to say I'm sorry, but. <laughs> Like, also, no, get your sucks. shit together. He's dumb. Stupid Bears fans. All right. Broncos. Broncos. What you got? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to surprise you with mine. I don't know. I, I think it's really hard to judge because, like, I don't know who's going to play quarterback. There's the possibility that Aaron fucking Rodgers is coming in. Yep. We're doing, I think you have to go based on the team right now, and we're allowed to change our prediction once the, if a move happens. I mean, I guess that's fair. Man, I don't know. I think the team as is, they still have very inconsistent quarterback play, and even with Teddy Bridgewater, you're not getting a very big ceiling. So I'm going to go with like seven, eight wins. I was going to go 7 and 10. Yeah, I mean I think I don't think you can go any higher than that. I think I'm being fairly You know what? I'll give them 8. I'll give them 8. All right. I was I was I thought I was being fairly fair with them. But yeah, 7 8 wins I seem think, solid. Yeah. Unless they can get their their quarterback thing together. Yep. Chiefs. Chiefs. Um They'll probably lose, like... I think they'll probably lose, like, five games. Quit. Get out of my head. Why? I was going to go 12 and 5. Fine, I'll go 13 and 4, then. All right, 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Nailed it. Let's go. Chargers. This is where we're going to be different. This is the interesting one. This is where we're going to be different. Well, you're you're not sure that Herbert is going to make the jump. You're not sure that he's going to keep the same... The same energy that he had last year. I hope he does. I like the Chargers. I'm going to say they get they get double-digit wins. They get 10 wins. I don't know if it's enough to get them in the playoffs, but I think they'll get 10 wins. 6-11. and 11. Oh, boy. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Injuries. I just have a weird feeling that they're going to get hit hard this year with some injuries. Well, that's not like an, that's not an abnormal thing. No, but... Chargers seem to get hit hard when they get hit hard. And I don't know. I just feel like we're gonna they're gonna lose somebody like a 
Keenan Allen, and it's going to be way more of a hit than it should be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I got a weird feeling about it. That, But it, it's them every year. Like, yeah. it's so disappointing every year. Either that or they go 12-5 and five and lose in the first lose round of the, the playoffs. first round to probably, like, the Bills or maybe Miami gets in. Maybe it's Chiefs versus. It could be. Yeah. Well, Chiefs will get the one seed. Maybe the two seed. They should be the one. Oh, wait, seed. The, the two seed doesn't have a bye anymore. No. That's right. They they could be the seventh team in. All right. Hey. Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. We gave we gave them some love. There you go. That's all you get. How they how are they gonna do this year? What are they gonna eight and nine. Yeah. It's gonna be eight and nine or nine and eight. <laughs> I'm going eight and nine. I you know what? I'll give them a little more love. I'll give them nine wins. Oh. Raiders are gonna win nine games this year. That's exciting. I hate the new 17-game schedule because you can't go 500. That's okay. Because yeah. this is a 500 team. Yep. And I want to put them at 500. It it matches them being boring, which, hey, we as Vikings fans, you and I understand what it means to be a fucking boring team. Absolutely. So we're not necessarily shitting on the Raiders, but also we don't want to watch the Raiders. No. So I mean, other than... so. As a Vikings fan, my favorite player is Dalvin Cook. He is insane. Other than Dalvin Cook being spectacular, our team is boring. Yep. We, so got, like, a, we got a dad at quarterback. Yeah. We got, like, another dad at wide receiver and then an, another young kid that dances real good yep. who replaced another guy who dances real good. Right. Like, we got kicker problems every year. We got offensive line problems every every year. year. We got a defense that's usually good, sometimes bad. Every game could be different. Boring. Yeah. So it's not like we're not we're not shitting on them out of hate, but it's out of not wanting to watch average football. If I have a choice, every year. If I have a choice of a Raiders game this year, like just any random Raiders game. And any random Jets game, I think I'm picking the Jets. You hate the Jets. Absolutely. That's why I'm picking the Jets. Like, that's that's a compliment to the Raiders. Like, I am going to watch the Jets out of spite rather than watch the average Raiders. Like, Yeah, the Jets game would probably be more exciting. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I do. It's going to be a lot of picks. It might be. The Raiders game, you also know what's going to happen. It's going to be probably be very close and they'll high, be, high scoring. They'll either blow it at the end or they'll win it at the end. Yep. Depending on if it's the first half of the back, you know, the front half of the back half of the year. If it's before their bye, they're probably pulling it out. Yep. If if it's after the bye, they're losing out. They're probably not <laughs> going to have a good time. Oh well, hey. But there it is. We did it. We went through the NFC West. Number one of eight. Yep. The this will be an eight episode series. We're gonna go through each each division, starting with the AFC first, and then we're gonna go through the NFC. What are we doing next week? Next week we are gonna do the NFC West. We are gonna all So what I just said was wrong. Yes. Okay, you never told Yep. I changed my on, mind on this. On air production meetings. We're going I love it. full West Coast. 
to East Coast. We're going right. to run it through. We're doing it. So, a- NFC West next week. Let's do it. Going to talk about the Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, and the Rams. The Rams, yep. Um, also, a little light at the end of the tunnel. If this is boring, which it might be, I'm sorry, but we want to get through it. I'm planning a bold predictions and stats episode after all of this is done. Or maybe in the middle if it takes us a long time to get these out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I am a big fan of making bold predictions. Yes, you are. And Like that one time you thought Kyle Lalletta would be the next Tom Brady. He's probably the best guy in jail. Just saying. At playing football? He's the best quarterback in jail, 100%. He might be. So... All right, so without further ado, we're going to end it here. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Football Hole. We got a Twitter page. We got a a Facebook page. At Watering Hole Football Podcast. Uh, We got an email. Watering Hole Football. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. We will have a website sooner than later. We're working on it. It's in the books. We're trying to make it happen. Please like and share to all your friends. We've actually had a lot of listeners now, and it's kind of really cool to see how many states that we've gotten listeners from. We even got we even got two countries. Somebody's listening all the way in Germany. If you're yeah. listening to this one, oh my god, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, tell your friends. This is awesome. Uh, we'd like to have all 50 states and a couple countries in the end. We want to be a podcast for all teams, and. Let's just have some fun with it. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye.